0: This is Let's Talk Business with your host, Mark Ebinger. Now,
1: here's Mark.
2: Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that highlights and promotes entrepreneurs to learn more about their vision, goals, and marketing strategy. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with a serial entrepreneur about mindset, goal setting, and getting it all done without losing your mind. We're also going to talk about the pitfalls of DIY bookkeeping and why I don't do that. (laughs) In studio with us today is Dr. Daniel Murray, a chiropractor and the owner of Vanguard Chiropractic and real estate investor at Flip S.A. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. Excited to be here. Awesome. Also in studio with us today is Imad Gerges, a bookkeeping expert and the owner of Simply Bookkeeping. Imad, great to have
0: you back again. Thanks again, Mark. Love being on here. I'm
2: your host, Mark Ebinger, the owner of Krukas Virtual Staffing, a company that specializes in hiring virtual assistants from outside the United States Keep
3: those costs down and affordable. Oh, thank you. Um, and, and I'm Howie Nestel. I own Sharkmatic Advertising, and I'm co-hosting with Mark today. I know Ema, Daniel, we just met today, so I'm super excited to be here. I do marketing for a living. I own an ad agency called Sharkmatic Advertising. Been in business now 30 years since before Al Gore invented the Internet.
2: Yeah, and Howie helped me present a check to CRIT, which is the Children's Rehabilitation Institute, Teleton USA, for $1,790 from our last mixer that we had just a couple weeks ago, uh, all the ticket sales, 100% of ticket sales went to the nonprofit. So we sold 179 tickets turning in cash for some kids out there that need it. So, Howie, thank you very much yes. for all that Yes, and work.
3: I love clients who sponsor events like this, because I always say in business, when you do well, don't forget to also do good. So here's a great opportunity for people to have networked, done business, and be able to give back to community. Yeah,
2: them. And so, uh, Iman, I just learned that you are on the board of Discovery Camps.
0: Is that right? That's right, Mark. Yeah. How long you been doing that? I've been on the board for maybe a month now, yeah. month and a half. So, so p- you
3: could tell it in, in minutes. How many minutes have you been on the board now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for about a, for about a month. So, uh, I. Um,
2: Keaton, well, he can't answer for himself or keaton what?
3: came on the board <laughs> i'm giving you the backstory. <laughs> okay. I, I got keaton on the board and then keaton suggested we get email ah. on yeah so but it's it a, a great firm. combination
0: yeah uh keaton the uh the legal work and then helping the organization with their financial work so i yeah. think it's going to be a pleasure
2: okay so you're actually doing work for the the nonprofit as well not just on the board
3: pretty soon here yes. yeah okay he's yeah. acting as treasurer. It's an organization that's been around for 40 years, but but it didn't get incorporated until 2012 as a 501c3. We used to get our funding from a little organization called the American Cancer Society, may have heard of it. And then in 2011, they decided they were no longer going to fund anything other than research, education, or cure. And since this was an oncology camp for kids battling cancer, the funding went to zero. So we rallied, put together a board, and now we've expanded services. And we serve hundreds of kids here from Austin all the way to the Rio Grande Valley, and everything's 100% free for them. We have in-hospital camps. We have bereavement camp. We have a sibling camp. And then our flagship is Camp Discovery, which is a sleepaway summer camp for 150 kids.
2: Well, and Iman, I think you're a really good fit for being on a board of a nonprofit like that anyway, because you're out there networking, you know, super nice guy, you do great work, you know, you're well connected. So, I mean, when it comes to bookkeeping, you're the guy that at least yeah. we hear about in all these circles that I'm in anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so giving back to the community like that, I think it's fantastic. Well, in so months of job. the
3: age where you should be getting involved, you mm-hmm. know, and not like when you get to be our age, you know, with gray hair and you're like, oh, now I'm gonna do some nonprofit work. Well, you should have been doing it all along. And I'll tell you yeah. what, uh, the companies that do that generally tend to do much better business-wise, because they're connected at a level that you get to correspond and do work with other entrepreneurs, usually big money donors. So uh, that camp, for example, we've had uh, some very big donations, and you'll get to interact with some of those donors. Could turn into Absolutely. some business
0: for you, sir. Agreed, yes. Yes. Super excited for it. It's going to be a great year. Yeah,
2: you're so, going to yeah. learn a lot, too, I oh, guess, yeah. being on the board I'm as well. Sure. And make some great connections over there, too. Yep. <clears throat> Don't forget us little people when you get up there. That's right. <laughs> right. Quick reminder to uh, follow the Let's Talk Business podcast on all major podcast platforms and social media where you can catch video version of the show. You can get to everything easily by visiting our website at satalkradio.com and clicking on those colorful icons to get to our social media. All right, so first up on the show is Dr. Daniel Murray, a chiropractor at Vanguard Chiropractic. He also owns that business, and he's a real estate investor at Flip SA. Um, Daniel, excited to have you here. We had a conversation. I enjoyed our talk. Um, The amount of stuff that you're doing is a bit overwhelming even for me, and I consider myself somewhat of a want-to-be serial entrepreneur, but I'm realizing quickly that maybe that's not as much fun as I thought it was going to be. So uh, let's talk about your background a little bit. How did you end up where you're at now? Give me about 90 seconds of your professional background and how you got to where you are.
1: Sure. I actually started off as a special education teacher, and uh, I was in the classroom for nine years. During that time, I was flipping houses, started flipping my uh, first house in 2003, and then got bit by the healthcare bug as I saw uh, friends and family start to have health concerns as we all age. So... Just started doing my own research, reading books, and I got really, really sick. The medical community wasn't helping me, uh, so I started investigating alternative and holistic health, found nutrition and chiropractic, and started um, getting adjusted on a regular basis, eating very clean. Uh, I've tried vegan, vegetarian, all, all the different diets, and um, just found that there's another way for the body to heal outside of modern, modern medicine and conventional wisdom. Uh, so decided to go back to grad school, got my DC, opened up my own practice, and pretty much the whole time have been involved in real estate. So just slowly building up my portfolio over the last 21 years now. So tell me about your practice. So, I mean, obviously sure. you're, you're
2: a busy guy, but you're a full-time doctor. Right? Yes. So what's that look like day in and day out?
1: Uh, So my practice uh, runs very, very efficiently. You know, we talked a little bit before the show. We have systems and procedures in place to where it allows me to come in, treat patients, and go home. I don't spend hours and hours on paperwork. I have um, my staff trained to help me out with that, and we have electronic health records. So we're really not using pencil and paper anymore. Uh, Patients can fill out their paperwork online before they come in, it drops right into the computer, so we have an idea of what's going on before they even step foot in the door, which is really nice. We pride ourselves on speed and efficiency, so um, on the first day, most people are in and out within an hour, I don't know about you, but I've been to some doctor's appointments where I'm sitting there for literally hours, two hours, three hours, and I just vowed to make sure that I never treat people that way, um, and, we get, we get great results as well. So we have a huge referral network. Um, don't have to do a lot of advertising or marketing or networking patients just come, come to the door. We get them better and they tell other people about us. So it's worked out nicely.
3: And do you combine your knowledge of, of, uh, nutrition, uh, with your patients in the chiropractic clinic, or do you keep those two things separate or was that really more for you?
1: That was more for me. I I tried to work nutrition while I was in school. I I had a friend of mine who uh, contacted me and said, Hey, I I know you're into nutrition stuff and I want to lose weight. And I had formulated this whole program because I was just waiting for my first patient or client at that point. And, um, I said, okay, the, I've developed this program you're my first. You're my first patient, so it's gonna be absolutely free. We went to high school together. Don't worry about the money. And I said, okay, the one of the number one causes of obesity right now is liquid toxins, and by that I mean soda, sweet teas, energy drinks, anything besides water, basically. Yeah, hide the coke. Yep. Um, so <laughs> Judge, I, judgment-free zone. <laughs> so yeah, hey, this is why I'm not in nutrition. Uh, I, I said, the first thing that you need to do, and we're going to take it step by step, is you need to cut out the sugary drinks. And she said, well, I can't do that. And I said, okay, best of luck on your journey. And that's when I decided nu- nutrition isn't really what I wanted to focus on right. in practice. So um, what I have done is developed relationships with dietitians, nutritionists, health coaches. I focus on why the people are there in the chiropractic clinic, and then I refer them out to um, allied healthcare professionals when I see the need. And that, I, I make multiple referrals a day. Uh, and that helps in networking because I'm not stepping on anyone's toes. You know, if, right. if I was doing nutrition, physical therapy, all, all the other stuff, then I wouldn't have those uh, great referral relationships. Correct. Less
3: people would want to refer you because you know Doctor D is doing everything. So you know, what can we right? Right. Um, my sister's a, a dietitian, and she was actually on the show, and her clip went viral. So apparently, if you're awesome. a dietitian or a sign maker, you have clips that go viral because oh awesome. our
2: sign maker's got over seventy thousand views on nice. on the nice. real. It's on crazy, a real. right? Yeah. Wow.
3: yeah. Uh, but but she did a talk once i was invited and there was a bunch of families and she said and she by a show of hands who she's a pediatric dietitian okay. by a show of hands who here gives her kids sodas and so you know most of the parents raise their hand and she said if i could have you arrested for child abuse i would Oh, wow. Wow. So, wow, what a way to endear an audience, <laughs> huh? <laughs> but she said that's the worst thing you should be giving kids. Now, as an yeah. adult, make your own decisions, you know, whatever it is, you know, you're going to brush afterwards or whatever, you're going to go run it off on the treadmill. But, you know, a four, five, six, seven year old that's 30, 40 pounds overweight, last thing they should be drinking is that, right? So, I agree. So, you're definitely onto something. Um, on chiropractic, you talk about adjustments. There, there are. I think at least from what I've read or seen on TikTok, right? I'm trying to sound important like that. I actually read an article about it. But there's actually, I think, at least two schools of thought about whether or not adjustments should be done softly and gently or should they be done more abruptly with cracking, right? Sure. So what what are your thoughts on that? And how can you enlighten us?
1: So I think it depends on the patient. It depends on the situation. I treat newborn babies. Obviously, I'm not going to go full force with this little newborn. Um, That's a very gentle, specific adjustment using about the same amount of pressure that it would take to scoot a dime across the table. And believe it or not, we get great results with these little babies. And to be completely honest, I feel like I haven't done much because, again, it's such light pressure their bones haven't fully formed, so you're really just softly manipulating areas of the spine that aren't moving properly, but lo and behold, they get better. So um, now once we get into younger people, um, let's say in their 20s that sit all day, maybe they've injured themselves working out, those adjustments are typically gonna be more forceful in my office. because uh, that that age group and and with their their conditioning, they can handle it and I feel like that's what they need. Now go to the other end of the spectrum with senior citizens, if you go in full force, you're gonna break someone's rib or something else uh, negative could happen. So it's really up to the doctor to adjust their force and every patient should be treated according to their age, condition, so on and so forth. now, there's, there's a lot of people that are nervous about getting adjusted, and there, there are some techniques that are hands-off. There's Atlas Orthogonal that actually uses a machine that produces sound waves to, to put a force into the body. Um, there is Activator, which is a handheld tool that you hear clicking, and the force is always the same. Um, so it's, it's really uh patient preference and that's, that's a part of evidence-based practice is patient preferences. So when someone tells me, oh, I don't want my neck adjusted or I don't want this, or I don't want that, I tend to comply as long as it's reasonable. Um, because again, that's, uh, that's what that patient wants and there's no reason we shouldn't honor that as doctors. All right. So Very, running,
2: a, running a lot of businesses or, or running, I guess, running the chiropractor business and then running, you know, uh, the real estate investment side of it, it's going to keep you busy. Absolutely. Mindset, super important, right?
1: Staying positive. It is. What do you do to really help support your mindset through all of this? Sure. So uh, I've done a lot of outside work uh, with seminars, reading books, podcasts, and I went through, I, I really went through an evolution in my mindset as I went through chiropractic school because I... Uh, was hanging around a bunch of really successful people. So did a lot of self-study on the matter. And as far as what I actually do, action steps, now, um, I, I went through a number of years where I did an affirmation every morning. It was four minutes and 52 seconds long. I would get to I started this in chiropractic school. I would get to school a few minutes early, park, lean my seat back, and I actually recorded myself speaking the affirmation into my phone. So I'd close my eyes, relax before I'd walk into the building, and play that affirmation. And it was just me saying great things about myself. And that's a good way to frame your mindset for that day. Listen to your listening to yourself, speak positive things. Um, what I still do, I, I haven't done affirmations in, in quite some time. But what I still do is I do a daily uh, yoga practice, and after yoga, I do a meditation slash visualization. Um, again it takes about five minutes and I just I picture myself um, being successful being healthy adjusting my patients I imagine that every adjustment is helping the patient I imagine the health of my staff in the chiropractic clinic my family's health uh, my staff in the real estate company's health I imagine my practice being successful my real estate deals being successful Um, so the yoga is a, is a very important part of my, my daily routine. I try to exercise an hour a day, do my meditation visualization. Um, and then when I get to the practice, we do gratitudes in the morning. So, um, our morning meeting is just going around the horn and uh, talking about what we're grateful for. And I, I find that that sets the mindset, um, in the right direction for the day instead of you know, we all have things that we can carry in as baggage into the clinic or office or wherever you are. Uh, But again, the first thing we do in the morning is talk about what we're grateful for. And that just turns all the negativity off and we get ready to serve patients.
3: I love it. I you know, I spent decades not doing that. And then I had a former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations who was a monk from Cambodia teach me how to meditate. And it was the reason why I sold three of my companies in 2019, At on December 31st, I closed on two of them, selling them. I didn't know that there was a pandemic coming in 2020, but I, I had was this- was good timing. I had this visualization that 2020, based on 2020 eyesight, was going to be my year of clarity and seeing clearly. And I was so um, scattered by having multiple businesses each one with employees that I couldn't even focus really on my main business so I came to the conclusion of selling my business my partners thought I was nuts like why on earth and then when I told them it was based on a meditation of visualization <laughs> they thought I was really nuts but then they thought it was pretty smart. Come March fifteenth of twenty twenty, when all hell broke loose. So I, I've been doing that ever since. I love it. I love the positive mindset. I have affirmations for my kids. Doesn't always take, you know. There's like trying to get through them. I'm like, no, no. Got to believe it. Absolutely. You know, they go, well, yeah, you got to see it to believe it. I go, no, you kind of have to believe it and then you see it.
2: I'm thinking you record other people saying how great you are and then play that back to us. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, Yeah, I'm recording you
3: now. Can you say uh, something nice? (laughs) (laughs) I always say something nice about you. No, but I like that, though. That's a super cool idea where you record your own voice. Instead of you always saying it, then you get to listen to it.
1: Mm -hmm. Right, and And the book that I got the idea from is called Talking to Yourself is Not Crazy by Larry Markson, and he has three affirmations that he uses (sighs) as examples, and I just... Um, recorded myself reading all three I lost I changed phones lost the recording um, lost the book I I loaned it out to someone and this is a funny story it I I loaned this book out and it was an autographed copy and I said look I really want this book back I'm gonna loan it to you but I need it back because this is an autographed copy well sure enough I didn't get the, the book back just I would say six months ago I was talking to someone else about affirmations, and I said, you know what, I'm just gonna order that book again. So I ordered it off off of Amazon, came in, I opened it. It It was was an autographed autographed
3: copy. So that guy sold it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He sold it back to you? (laughs) It was autographed to somebody else, but I said, hey, who cares, Uh, I'll take it.
3: I love that, wow, what a cool story. People think that that stuff doesn't work, and I said, you know, you're right, it doesn't work. But if you think it works, it really does work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: So. we're getting close to the end of your segment here, but so when, as far as the investor side, real estate investing, what is your role? What are you doing
1: there? And then, what do you, what's your team doing? Sure. So, my main role uh, at this point is acquisitions, investor relations, and analyzing data. So, um, I work with a lot of outside investors. What I've found is there are a lot of chiropractors, doctors, attorneys that have money that they've been working to save their entire careers, but they don't have the expertise to get involved into real estate, but they'd like to see those double-digit returns. So I've, I've brought in people uh, to take down bigger projects, larger multifamily units, and so that's part of my job is to, you know, um, meet with investors, talk to them about how these deals operate, and then of course to find the deals themselves. So if I'm not seeing patients in the clinic, I'm probably uh, looking through emails that wholesalers have sent me, looking through the MLS. I try to be very, um, I try to use my time wisely in the clinic. So I'm not, I'm not just messing around on social media, I'm working, if it's not with a patient or on the clinic, then I'm working with something in real estate. So those are my office hours and I try to be uh, fruitful with that time. So a lot of time spent on the MLS, discussing things with with uh, investors or potential investors, and then I'm working on the backside of it, financing, um, and then just a broad view of all operations. You know, if there's an issue at one of the Airbnbs or if there's is an issue at one of the properties that's not getting handled, then I jump in and take care of it. And I still have my boots on the ground. I mean, I walk property every week. This weekend I showed. Uh, I showed two apartments because my assistant is um, in Mexico at the moment, so I'm still active. I just try to. I'm trying to remove myself from the day-to-day operations because those can I can train someone to show an apartment. I can train someone to work with the guests on Airbnb, but to train someone to analyze a deal or to you know discuss something as Im, as important as a, a return percentage with an investor. That's going to take some some time to train somebody to replace myself and haven't found that person just no, yet. No, that's the highest and best use of your time right there. Is
2: exactly. That? The rest
1: of that stuff, you should be having somebody
3: Do you find that sure? people, investors, tend to trust you more because you're a doctor? Do you, do you leverage that a little bit? Not necessarily leverage it, use it, but, I mean, does that – do you find that to be the case?
1: I'm not sure. Nobody's ever made a comment uh, – that that's the case, and honestly, most of the people I think all of the people that I work with are personal friends, or at least colleagues. So they're usually doctors themselves, or attorneys, or someone else that I've come into contact with, just um, doing business. And so, uh, no, I, I I don't I don't know that that comes into play. I mean, maybe I'm just not a, I'm not
3: aware of it. Yeah. If it does, nice niche though, you know. I mean, yeah. to be able to do business with friends and colleagues and uh people who are well, yeah you get your foot in the
2: door i mean that definitely helps right because you're part of the part of that
1: club's not the right word but you know what i mean absolutely all right doc if folks want to get in touch with you how they do that uh you can find me on facebook it's daniel murray dc um i'm on instagram um he, the clinic vanguard chiropractic is on all the social media channels twitter i mean you name it i'm, I'm not too hard to find so yeah, I would say just just look me up. Uh, Vanguard chiropractic here in San Antonio. We also have a location in Chicago. Uh, so yeah look us up on the interwebs. We're out there. Got gotcha. you All right perfect.
3: I just added you and I see that you were with Baron Perales, a friend of the shows. Yep. so yep. yeah Big guy I love my. Yeah so we did his website. Oh cool. We did this guy's website. We're doing this guy's website if we wouldn't keep bragging his feet. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> I right. like that. I'm a bit of a diva. Oh, man. All right. I like that. All right, Doc. Thanks for. I, I appreciate that. It was a good conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
3: and great to meet you.
1: Pleasure's mine.
2: All right, next up on the show is Imad Gurgis, a bookkeeping expert and the owner of Simply Bookkeeping. Um, so, Imad, um, DIY versus going <laughs> pro—that's what we're going to talk right. about. At least, you know, mostly. Um, so, I, can we start with a story, right? Let's start yeah. with a, yeah. hey, I knew this guy one time at band camp, and this is what he did that was wrong or whatever. So tell me a story about uh, why you shouldn't DIY something uh, like yeah, bookkeeping.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, so, Mark, a lot of uh, bookkeeping and accounting world has to do with what you know. And so a lot of business owners, when they get started, of course, they're wearing a bunch of hats, right? And so part of one of those hats that they're wearing is the accounting and the bookkeeping which may be okay at the beginning, but as they begin to grow and actually get an actual revenue flowing, then it's really important to understand, okay, how can I utilize the bookkeeping aspect to be able to write off as much as I can so that they can actually not only save time uh, not having to do the bookkeeping portion, but also being able to write off as much as they can possibly write off. So, a lot of stories that we get are business owners who kind of a shit off for too long and then uh, they still have that idea where, oh, you know what, I'll, d- I'll do it next month or I'll do it next month. And then a lot of times it's, it's always, hey, the year's over. <laughs> I haven't done anything. I really need you to
3: take care of it. That is the most case scenario that comes to us. Man, you're, um, you're reading the story of my life. I thought I was here like, oh, this is my eulogy and Niman's <laughs> reading it. That's me. I started an entrepreneurship, did my own bookkeeping, but I also did my own CPA work. Oh. And I filed, and I didn't say I did it right, Mark. I just <laughs> said I did it myself. And I thought I was saving money, but it was costing me money right, and right. penalties and other stuff. But, you know, I figured I'd eventually get it. And then I even helped other people with their bookkeeping yeah. and their accounting. Not for, not for money, but it was the worst freaking decision I had ever made in business to that point. But, yeah. Um, it, it's true, and and you don't know what you don't know. You don't know right. what to write off. You don't know how to keep proper books, and then and then I and then I kind of went through the phase of taking all the receipts, dropping off at a CPA's desk, and then that was also super expensive because yep. they're not geared yep. for that necessarily. They're happy to take your money, but and now simply bookkeeping has been doing my books for a long time, and do it yep. does a great job, and I refer them to my clients. You want to know about an unintended benefit? I also refer him to my clients, and then they hire him, and then when I need to get paid, I just call him. I'm like, hey, <laughs> I go, dude, your client, just so push a couple so buttons. Owes us some money, do you mind just like helping? you know, call, you know, get him to sign the ACH form, and he, and he does, mm-hmm. so it's perfect. I have personal so, on the inside. What
2: I didn't hear though was a story. I'm, dr- oh, I'm trying to get to that real story. Oh, and we're getting there. Yeah, right. a
3: real so, story.
0: so Mark, <laughs> great. <laughs> no, question. don't use me as a story, dude. What's wrong with you? <laughs> and don't use my name. <laughs> yeah, nobody in this room. Yeah. No one in this room. No. What I'm saying is, so a lot of times after business owners are in business for at least a year, two years, and above they start getting into, okay, now we're actually making some revenue, and now we're really not expensing as much things as we expect. So where your story comes in is, and I won't say who, of course, but we get a lot of um, firms, professional firms, who handle projects. And with projects, it's really particular because you, of course, want to manage the uh, profit and loss on each particular project and see how profitable you are. And so a lot of times, companies will try to do that on their own, and they'll try to input the data, or however you want to call it, into a accounting software. Now, unless you're very fluent with that specific software, a lot of times, it's you're going to run into roadblocks. You will probably input the information wrong, or you'll probably leave out a bunch of things. And so by doing it yourself, it really doesn't benefit you in any area because one, you're wasting time. Two, you're probably doing it wrong. Three, you're missing all a lot of potential expensables that you could be writing off as well. And then four, I mean, by the time you get to the end of the year, if you just pass it off to your CPA and they agree to do it, It's probably going to come at a three times the cost of what it would be to just hire a bookkeeper to do the bookkeeping portion and then pass that over to the CPA to actually handle the
3: filing portion. All right. How many times have you gotten a new client where you look at their books and you say, wow, these people have all their ducks in a row. There's nothing I can improve here.
0: I will tell you, out of every, and I won't even say 10, I would say out of every 20 new clients, one person would have their ducks in a row, and they would say, hey, I just need you to start from the following month. Uh, Maybe my CPA, your current bookkeeper, has retired. Uh, I actually take a look at their books. They're in decent shape, and then we take forth. So that's
3: 95% of businesses are doing it wrong, or there's room for improvement. You can help them. That is Uh correct.
0: And, and a lot of times, it's okay for business owners to be behind. That's, that's okay. That's normal. If you haven't done it for a year, two years, three years, four years, it's never too late. It's best to get started. Uh, the longer you wait, it doesn't get better, nor does it disappear. So it's best to catch up with it as soon as you can.
3: I'm having nightmares. I had before, <laughs> way before EMOD, I had receivables that were over a year in arrears. Because I just wasn't getting around to billing them. I mean, I I wouldn't follow up. Right. And then getting you caught up kind of gave you some space and time. Uh, So
2: is Imad doing your invoicing? Yes. He's not
3: doing my invoicing. I have an in-house person doing invoicing, but he does some invoicing through ACH. So we're trying to get out of the invoicing business, too. We're trying to get everybody on ACH where we could just charge them for the recurring billing. Automatically, and they pre-approve it.
0: And we, where, the, where there's room for improvement, will of course help with automations and systems to be able Use to help me as our an clients. example. Go ahead. So, so I didn't want to mention it right off nah, the bat. But go right. Howie here. <laughs> so there was room for some automations and things that we can uh, systemize a little bit better to streamline. And that was a perfect example, especially with Howie. He was doing a lot of reoccurring transactions that we saw potential to just. Uh, set in motion rather than him having to take time out of every month to do the same exact tasks. And so after we set things in motion, we now just manage it and handle it rather than having to take that time to redo it every single month. And of
3: course, on a bigger scale business, a um, little bit of time gets to add up. Yeah, this is no different than, than your business with the, with the uh, you know, virtual assistants. You save an entrepreneur time, it saves them a ton of money. I used to have a dedicated employee that did bookkeeping full-time in-house, invoicing and bookkeeping. Then, as EMUD has taken over, it's gotten down to now we probably spend four hours a week maximum on that in-house. So... Uh, it's saving us a lot of money, and we're more effective because there's money that we were leaving on the table—things that we forgot, we didn't build, we di- we didn't collect on it, whatever it is. Yeah, so. do our best to save you time, put things in motion, streamline what we can, and in return. And nobody knows QuickBooks Online better than this guy, you know, and his team. Seriously, yeah. so. I mean- there are things that we didn't even know it could do.
2: Yeah, I almost started laughing when you're talking about inputting data into, and I was thinking QuickBooks. It's like I look at that and my eyes glaze over. And it's like, I don't know what all these terms are. I don't even want to play this game. I'm going to go play some video games or I'm going to go hang out somewhere and go eat some junk food because I'm all about health. And, uh, but yeah, so that's why it's like, I, I totally get it, man. It's like I don't even like that world. So, yeah.
3: well, to what Doctor Daniel was saying, if you could, if you could, I was going to say pawn off, but there's got to be, a, if you could delegate those tasks that you could teach somebody else how to do, and they right. could do it just as well or better or better, yeah, then you should totally be delegating. But I think a lot of entrepreneurs we think we don't understand the definition of delegating. We think it's abdicating. We think like, okay, that's it. I got it off my plate. I don't have to worry about it. And then you don't look at it. Then you do enough of that then the next thing you know, your business is crashing. You're like, why? I have all these people. It's because you took your eye off the ball. So yep. it's great way to say that. And as entrepreneurs and Dr. Daniel,
0: you would understand here, we all have a hourly valued rate, right? And so we, at the end of the day, we have to evaluate what our own hourly rate is, no matter what business we're working on and just see, okay, is it worth delegating it out or is it not? If in the beginning, Maybe you have more time than money, and so it's okay if you want to try your own uh, particular tasks like bookkeeping. That's okay, but eventually the tables turn, and then you've got more money than you do have than you have time, and so then it becomes where's the value for yourself. And so, it's a lot of times in business you are more beneficial being out there and networking, like you were saying, than it is actually you know, being behind a computer and trying to do you know, maybe your own marketing, maybe your own bookkeeping and so forth. And so eventually it becomes way more beneficial. I'm, I'm stealing, stealing
3: that day. from you for a talk. Do you have more time than money or more money than time? Well, cool. are you yes.
2: gonna do it on Wednesday?
3: Maybe, yeah, because okay. if you want to have more money than time, you better start working on it because if not, you're always gonna be stuck in that, I have more time than money. Right. So let's get into. I
2: know we covered it a little bit last time, but I want to. Is there and if this isn't what you want to get into, you want to talk about something else that you've got queued up in your mind about what we want to talk about? Then go ahead and shift. But I love this financial team mm-hmm. concept that you talked about last time, right? Which is your, you know, your CPA, your bookkeeper, and EA if needed, right? Yeah, and payroll. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about
3: financial advisor, absolutely. Okay, yep. and financial advisor. So
2: yep. tell me a little bit how how you operate within that community and how you help your client with getting in touch with that kind of stuff?
0: Absolutely. So the most effective way for businesses as they grow, of course, you'll acquire team members within your accounting team. And that would include, um, as you grow, you now might have some employees. And so it's important to at least have a payroll provider or company that's on your side, Uh, as well as you should always have a bookkeeper as well to make sure that the Monthly, daily transactions are always accounted for and the reports that are beneficial to your actual business are being sent out. And then it's also important to have a CPA on the team. So those are really your three main essential pieces. Now, as you continue to grow and you find yourself, okay, now I've got a little bit of excess money that now I can utilize to invest or uh, build with, then you acquire a financial advisor and that kind of contributes to your accounting financial team. Now, not saying this is a good case, but if for any reason you get into trouble with the IRS or so forth, it's always sometimes beneficial to have an EA, which is an enrolled agent on your team as well. And they'll kind of help you negotiate with the IRS and kind of figure out a plan that could best serve you both, right? So a financial team is super important for business owners. Because we all work very efficiently in our own lanes to make a highway for that client. And that way they can flow smoothly throughout their business.
3: And I tell you, the government wants their money. So if you're not paying it, and that, you know, you you reached out to me like, hey, did you get your 1099s done, whatever? And I use ADP as a payroll company. So that was done. But you keeping track of that, and I can tell you, I've worked with 1,500 clients in my ad agency in 30 years. And I could tell you dozens, if not more than 100, have been in trouble with the IRS, state comptroller, other government entities because they didn't know they had to pay property tax on lease stuff. They didn't know they had to charge sales tax on something. And when the government comes after you, it's not pretty. It's not pretty, and you could lose your business, right, right? And I've had businesses, clients that have shut down because of it. Yeah, you know, and
0: you don't know what you don't know, right? Right. And so, at least having someone on your team that's doing continuous follow-ups with you, like our whole bookkeeping company team, is always in contact with our clients at least, I would say, once a week, once a month, at the at the minimum. And so, if something, if they, if something's out of proportion, we're going to reach out, let you know, hey, this is coming, or maybe you should look out for you know some particular tasks that you should be paying and so having someone that's always watching over you is is helpful yeah Heck yeah more than just
3: once a having year having
2: that team right the only thing i think i would add to that would be a business attorney
3: yeah business attorney well sometimes enrolled agents i mean i know you could have somebody as as a cpa or somebody that is is knowledgeable in accounting represent you, but enrolled agents you can also have an attorney be an, an agent or a registered agent for you so that you know any lawsuit, anything like that goes through them. I'm gonna leave you with some value since I since I'm gonna steal uh, that I thing can... for the talk. You talk about what you don't know, what you don't know. So there's what you know you know. There's what you know that you don't know. So you know it exists, right? Mm-hmm. But what I tell entrepreneurs is what you don't know that you don't know is usually where the answer is. Because if you always lead with what you know, you're going to get the same results you've always gotten. Mm -hmm. So start looking around for people who know what you don't even know you don't know. That is great. It's one of the reasons why I
2: started a podcast. I mean, because I I learned a ton. I didn't know what an EA was. I didn't even know that was a thing that if you get yourself in trouble, you can get an EA to really kind of help navigate that world, which is scary, right? Absolutely. You know, when the IRS comes
0: after you. Yep.
2: All right, love it. Iman, if folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do
0: that? Absolutely. So they can check out our website, and it's simply with an I, S-I-M-P-L-I, bookkeeping. Don't forget the double K there, .com. Or they can reach out to me directly, and I would be happy to have a one one-hour one hour consultation with them for free at 832-518-9368. You can call or text, and I would be happy to set up a uh consultation. And like it's you. an
3: 832 number, but you live in San New Texas. Yes. There you go. Right on. Alright, thanks, Iman. appreciate it. Thanks again, Alright,
2: as we wrap up the show, a quick reminder to check out our latest podcast and catch video version of the show anytime by visiting our website, SATalkradio.com. That's going to be it for us for this week. You awesome. guys have a great one. We'll see you next time. Great job, that. everybody.
3: Bye, guys. That went fast.